Hi guys and welcome. So I wanted to talk a little bit about consuming the nutrients that the body needs to function in its own awesomeness. And I wanted to kind of give some information um, into the macronutrients and micronutrients of protein, carbs and fats. While micronutrients are vitamins and minerals, let's start with the macronutrients, um, so the proteins, carbs and fats, and eventually we will get into that in another podcast. But it's really important to understand that small pieces of information, taking them in and utilizing them can make big changes. So one of the things we've done our whole life is feed ourselves with food. But nine times out of 10, many of us don't actually know what the food is doing within us and what we need within our food. Just like many of us don't even know how our body works, that we have synovial joints and the ball and socket joint and how the heart and the blood flows, etc. Yet we live with this body our whole life. So it's really important if we want to have a wholesome life that we start understanding the fundamentals. So protein, the importance of protein, it surpasses just building muscles. It's kind of builds all the other stuff in our body like the hair, skin, nails, cardiac muscles, that's your heart that goes boom, 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 bones, cartilages, and even blood. Aside from the structure, protein is also required for optimal functioning of the human body and its organs, productions of enzymes, antibodies, and even transportation of other important atoms and molecules. So when someone says you need protein, is it a myth or is it not? Well, sorry for the noise. There's a lot of people working around me, but as you know that I like to just create um the life podcast so you're going to hear a little bit of noise every now and again so someone so when someone says that the need of protein is a myth then we have to understand that our body actually needs it and what we do in this world is often find something that our body needs but use it so much that it becomes too much so what we're saying is the body needs protein but of course in its moderation like anything we can store fat in fat cells and carbohydrates as glycogen, but as our body has no way to store protein as an extra reserve somewhere, we need to eat it constantly, but in moderation and in different types of foods. So we don't just need milk and animal products. We can also have plant-based proteins as well. When we eat food with protein, the body breaks it down into amino acids, and these amino acids are then to rebuild to make protein that the body can use to build well everything that we possibly have in the body. So the amino acids that make protein consumption so important, they are building blocks of the protein within our body. They're the fundamentals, actually. There are 20 amino acids in our body's protein, and nine of them in our whole diet are essential, which means without them we can't function soundly. So... We can't synthesize them through our chemical reactions also. We must get them from our diet, the essential ones. These amino acids have various different roles within the body and the brain function to literally building tissue, tissue around the body as well. So it's incredibly important that we try to consume them all. A complete protein is something that a lot of people hear about but often don't know what it is. It contains all nine of these essential amino acids. Most animal protein sources are complete protein, which is why a lot of people who 
are looking for complete protein will say that you can't do veganism or other things. But when you combine two uncomplete proteins together, you can make a complete protein as well. So certain plant-based proteins like rice and beans, you can create a meal with a complete amino acid profile. So that's great if you're someone that's a vegetarian or vegan and looking for that type of thing. Protein is found in an abundance of foods from animals, which is what we were originally taught, to plants, of course, in protein supplements as well. Obviously, we want to look when we are supplementing our diet to get foods that are from the actual food source first before we supplement it with supplements. The value of protein is based on your ability to digest it and on its amino acid profile. The building blocks we were discussing just previously are that profile. So generally, we can consume proteins that are easily digested in the body and have a wonderful range of amino acids, especially essential amino acids. And it's particularly important for protein synthesis, and this amino acid is leucine. So <clears throat> the good news is that plants have protein, and consequently amino acids too. So it's possible to get enough protein in a less slaughtered manner if you are someone that is looking at the environmental factors and also someone that doesn't want to direct your food into an animal source. You don't have to eat animals if you don't want to. It's either way is important for us as humans to find the way that we need to eat instead of judging another for what the other is eating. This is about our own place in the world. And we shouldn't be here to tell each other how to do it. We should give information and let each other evolve for themselves. The more we judge and complain, the less likely people are to see both sides of the world. So what I always recommend is find what works for you. I would never be here to tell you to give up meat or to eat meat. I'm here to give you simply information and find what works for you. This is a very, very personal choice and it makes it a lot more challenging when we are not being um, open to other people's different perspectives. I will say though that vegetables are an amazing source of cheaper protein. So regardless if you want to be vegan or vegetarian, don't rule the concept out of adding protein through vegetables, etc. as well um, to hit your targets, not just through animal-based. And if you're going to go plant-based in protein, it's important to assure that you're getting a wide range of them. From my experience personally, for example, um, my father didn't get a wide range and he ended up with osteoporosis so bad that he had to have an infusion. And that's because sometimes there can be too high a fiber and our body doesn't hold the protein in our body and therefore we push it through before we get the protein. So we have to make sure we're balanced and the same with eating meat also the hormones in meat can be very challenging for some people and can disbalance their body so we need to make sure we're getting a wide variety whether we're eating meat or not and you can get them from kidney beans that are boiled soya and edamame beans lentils tofu chickpeas black beans quinoa egg milk feta cheese greek yogurt mackerel salmon haddock, chicken breast, turkey, minced beef. So all of these things alone you can have for protein in them. I also have used protein powder personally 
and it's not superior to whole foods, but sometimes it's great to meet those targets when you're an athlete and you're training really hard. But not all proteins are equal and we need to make sure we understand that with the digestion and so on and so forth, as mentioning with my dad, you know, and making sure that we're still getting it all. When we are choosing a protein supplement, we have to make sure that we choose the right one for us. So we need to make sure that we listen to our body. So for example, for many people, eggs can disagree with some people's gut as can quinoa or pea protein. So age and genetics and lifestyles take a process in that. And so everyone is different. So please listen to your body as you go. Some protein supplements that you may want to try is whey, casein, soy, hemp, pea and rice, and egg. Great sources as well. So remember that there's options for everybody in everything and not everything is right for everyone. But if we all look at what feels good for us, we can find our own way. Carbohydrates. Now, carbohydrates are often the ones that are not loved. Um, and many people, and I've noticed, particularly, for example, when I've hung out with my friends from the US, they won't touch bread. But in Europe here, we eat a lot of bread. And even in Australia, many diets out there are promoting the reduction and elimination of carbohydrates because they are evil or they gain weight. But when I look at Europe, for example, the obesity is far less and they eat far more bread and carbohydrates than is in America. So before we point that finger at carbohydrates, let's have a quick look at what they are. Sometimes we are afraid of things because we don't understand them. And that's what I mentioned at the start of this. A lot of us don't understand what we are consuming. We don't understand how our body works. So we just take the piece of information that sounds right to us at the time. But it's good to investigate it ourselves. Carbohydrates are classified by complexity and length of the chemical structure in the form of saccharides, which is sugar. So it's a little bit science-based, but um, it's very interesting. I mean, I learned this in sports science and found it very, very interesting. You've got monosaccharides, oligosaccharides, and polysaccharides. A monosaccharide is the simplest form of sugar. Mono, which would mean one saccharide, so sugar. Glucose is a monosaccharide. Oligosaccharide um, is the name for a chain of two or three saccharides. Oligo meaning a few. Table sugar, sucrose, and the main sugar found in milk, lactose, are great examples of this. And polysaccharides are many. I'd like to say that oligosaccharides can also be disaccharides. And polysaccharides meaning many sugars um, is a long complex chain of sugar molecules. This trendy term for these wonderful complex carbohydrates and some common food examples include starchy or fibrous vegetables. So potato is a great one, for example. The reasons for this information, or you might feel like you're having a chemis chemistry um, a, a chemistry talk when you're back in school, are all carbohydrates are not equal or evil. They all serve a purpose for different reasons and functions in the body. Some are fast digesting can provide quick energy for the body and brain, whereas complex are a slow digesting, which is a longer for fuller. Fiber can also help for us to remove toxins and mucus through the gastrointestinal tract. 
um, which is very important because many of us get clogged, not the most great thing to talk about, but it can cause a lot of pain and challenges in one human body. I, as a person, tend not to you know, always use simple and complex because it leads us to believe that one is better than the other. So I tend to kind of look at food groups rather than always labeling everything into it. So when we look at it in terms, the carbs you consume are eventually converted into glucose, a simple sugar, which this is because the body's main source of fuel. So much of that is converts protein, more specifically in amino acids, into glucose if it's running low in a process called glucogenesis. And all, and all this time we thought glucose was the devil, but often the case, the things that we are told are the devil have a great thing about them too. But like anything, excess is a problem. Even excess protein, excess fats, everything has its heyday. I know I remember when my um, when I was growing up, my dad ate so many carrots that he had this orange tins to it. So, you know, everything in excess can have some funny or complex side effects. Like all macronutrients, carbohydrates in and of themselves don't make you fat. Excessive calorie consumption is the thing when we put in more than we utilize. Some studies have actually shown that the body chooses to store excessive dietary fat more efficiently than carbohydrates. Simply put, eating too much cab um, sorry, avocado or nuts could store or overeating sweet potato over carbohydrates and making you fat. So some people are eating a lot of avocados and I've seen this. You would think that um, a person of vegan, plant-based would be very slim, but I've seen very full-figured people, and that's because some of their foods, like avocado, have so much content to them that the body stores it, and they aren't actually utilizing it with movement. So which carbohydrate should you as a person consume? Well, the answer is one you've probably been told before uh, many, many times, 95% of the time, refined foods... Although super yummy <laughs> and usually lower in macronutrient fiber and higher in calories and simple sugars. But it doesn't necessarily mean that refined is bad. It just means that you have to be mindful of how you eat. It, has, it means that you have to understand that eating too much of things um, can be too much quicker than other things. I would just say that majority of your food shouldn't be in the refined component, but every now and again, it's okay to have a little bit of refined product here and there. It's not an issue. Many of the carbohydrate-rich foods do contain fiber, which is fantastic. Fiber contributes to much more than just have a regular bowel movement. It can also help lower blood sugar. Long-term studies have been shown that it reduces the risk of colon cancer as well. So fiber is a great source that comes from carbohydrates. Carbohydrates increases the ability to feel sat, uh, fiber being one of them which helps you to keep the food in your stomach longer, forming a gel within the gut. So like oats, for example, is a fantastic way to keep you feeling fuller. Also, with the consumption of carbohydrates, it supports the brain function, which helps to stimulate the feel-good hormone, which we're all looking to have more of, serotonin. 
even being around someone on a low, no-carb diet <laughs> can be quite traumatic. They can be quite challenged. The, the ability to understand that a diet is not perfect. So we have leeway to enjoy our pizzas and a few lollies and cream puffs every now and again. But every now and again, it's not a thing that's the majority. And that's something to remember. So we must remember choosing the best carbohydrates for our body should always involve acknowledging which ones you actually like the most, as well as the ones that are the most nutritious. For example, broccoli is an excellent, but when it doesn't excite you as much as bread, it is hard to eat. So you have to find that medium about it. So whole grain consumption is a little bit trickier in a lot of the times. There is not really that much advice about how much whole grains to eat, but many experts are saying aim for three servings a day, uh, depending how you do it. And so that's between 30 to 120 grams. We need to understand that everyone is different and everyone enjoys different styles of food. That's why a diet is very personal. Carbohydrates in the form of vegetables contain an array of vitamin and minerals as well as macronutrients that are vital for optimal functioning of the body. So we need to understand that we've been taught that carbohydrates are bad because we only hear about the refined, but a lot of the carbohydrates sit in the vegetables that contain the vitamin and minerals, so the macronutrients, and the fiber that we need to be able to function. So when we do it right and well, we have some great sources of energy, brain functioning, and all other things um, with carbohydrates. So fibrous, non-starchy vegetables are beetroot, chard, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, cauliflower, kale, carrots, zucchini, garlic, green beans, leafy greens, spinach, rocket, dandelion greens, watercress, peppers, so capsicum. A starchy vegetables and grains are potatoes of all types, oats, rye, couscous, barley, legumes, peas, peanuts, kidney beans, all of those mung beans, pumpkin, winter squashes, quinoa, and rice. And then you have all fruit. So fibrous and non-starchy vegetables, these contain a small amount of the starch and are low in calories. And they have loads of fiber and are packed with the vitamins and minerals. So they're a really amazing source of food for us and they're carbohydrates, so they're not all evil. Starchy vegetables, grains, and legumes. These are higher in carbohydrate content and provide the body with glycogen. And they also support muscle growth, which is really, really important. While it contains fruit, while it contains fructose, shall I say, more than 50 grams can be hard on the body. Fruit contains important vitamins and minerals as well. So you need to be mindful. So too many bananas, for example, can also be like avocados that you can gain weight, but eat it mindfully and you will be okay. Too much fruit for a child that has ADHD, the sugar content can be irritable for them. People that have um, sugar sensitivities, so garlic, capsicum, apples can all be problematic when they can't digest high sugar content food. However, that's the same as um, gummy bears as well. So 
Even the things that we are told are healthy, depending on your body, can be healthy or not. So that's why it's very important to investigate you as an individual. So lastly, but never the least, there's always more to talk about, fat. Fat at one stage was often said to be terrible. <laughs> we threw out the egg yolk, which has now been discovered to be okay. We swapped butter for margarine, and margarine is way less healthy. Um, and so many other things that we did in this life to eradicate fat. Well, fat takes a little more energy to burn than carbohydrates and protein. So one gram of fat is equal to nine calories, whereas one gram of protein or carbohydrates is equal to four calories. It's vital in our functioning. We need it to function. So often a lot of diets and a lot of the education out there is saying one of these are bad for you, but we need all of these. It's just we need to find our moderation. Eating the right amount of type of fat can actually reduce your body fat which is what confuses everybody. You hear the word fat, so you assume fat. Good fats are actually linked to supporting hormone regulation, and many of us are challenged by that with the chemicals today. So it's really important to understand that. In addition to the metabolization-balanced hormone production, it will also support other systems within the body, including the reproductive system. So that is um, a highly important system in our body. As with amino acids or certain amino acids, there are fatty acids found in the healthy fats, which are essential for the body, meaning the body can produce its own. The essential fatty acids help to produce omega-3s and 6s, which play a role in various functions within our body. Omega-3s are found in marine animals. From They support the brain function and fat metabolism, the form of EPA and DHA as well as reduce inflammation to improve autoimmune diseases. So my mother has a multiple sclerosis and she actually takes omega-3s to help with that process. Omega-6s are important for skin and hair growth and support bone health. They also regulate the metabolism and maintain productive health. Meat, eggs, nuts, chicken, wheat, most vegetable oils and so many other ingredients contain the omega-6s that are very common. Western diets often have an excess of omega-6 consumption, sadly, and this can um, actually increase the risk of chronic inflammationary diseases. The ideal would be to have omega-3 to omega-6 one-to-one, but at the same time, it's hard to find that balance in life and we can feel overwhelmed. And there are some great supplements for omega-3s because of the world is quite high in omega-6s. They even place it in fish farms. Sometimes an omega-3 supplement can help us to balance that out. It's vital to obtain dietary fat from healthy fats comprising mostly of mono and polysaturated fats, olive oil, avocados, macadamias, fatty fish, some fatty or saturated fats, butter, ghee, animal fats, and yummy coconut oil are okay to have as well, but no more than 70 grams of fat for women and 90 for men. Give or take when you're an athlete, etc., with no more than 30 to 50 of that coming from saturated fats. The most important thing to remember is when it comes to healthy consumption of fats is to avoid trans fats as much as you can. Trans fats are the oil that have undergone the hydrogenation process to stop them from going rancid and to increase the shelf life of the product. 
but they're extremely toxic to the body. Margarine is one of them, which was one of those sad things and untruths in the world where we were told to eat margarine that it was very bad for you. So we need to understand that we do need to understand our fats as well, like our proteins and carbohydrates. It's always very important to understand things that not everything is good and not everything is bad. But when we work and understand with knowledge and then with understanding of ourselves, we can find a great balance. We don't want to always listen to the world because the messages continually evolve. One minute butter's good, one minute's bad, margarine is good. Then we find out through science that it's very, very unhealthy and trans fat. And many people have been believing the first. And so nutrition is something that translates through people's beliefs and, and stories being told. But we need to educate ourselves most importantly. That's probably the most important thing that we should do. Uh, when we are doing it and understand that there are good and bad fats but if you eat too many avocados you're also going to get fat even though it's unsaturated if you're not using your movement as well but all that being said as everything in life life is in moderation and the more we can learn to moderate the more we can learn to listen to our body the more we can understand ourselves and find the right way for us so there's a lot of unsaturated fats, avocados, macadamia nuts, almonds, oily fish, flaxseed oil, and then saturated coconut flesh, coconut oil, butter, and extra virgin olive oil. All of these are great sources for us to eat, but we need to eat it with mindfulness. And they have great sources of also vitamin and minerals like vitamin K as in avocados, for example. Macadamia nuts are also fantastic. They come out of Australia. They do have a, a very high fat content. However, they actually contain the lowest amount of omega-6s in any nuts. So at the same time, there's benefit and positive and you have to balance it out. Oily fish has great omega-3s and even though coconut oil is saturated, its positive effect on the body is quite profound. Coconut oil has a high to medium chain fatty acids which are easily broken down and used as energy by the body and these fatty acids are converted into ketones which are showing to have positive effects on epilepsy and Alzheimer's. So balancing macronutrients. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard to know where to start and where to begin. So it's difficult to suggest an exact rhyme or reason. A very active person would require more carbohydrates than an office worker, for example. But as I said, that it's different to everyone. This is why listening to your body is the key and how you feel about them. The one thing that is most agreed upon is to maintain protein levels because remember we can store carbohydrates and fats but our body cannot store protein or amino acids. It requires constant supply. High protein diets have been shown to help maintain muscle during calorie deficit diets. If you are trying to lose body fat, it's important to maintain your protein levels so you preserve the muscle you already have and just lose the fat. However, 
in my experience, it's also important to have carbohydrates for the fiber, otherwise you get clogged up, and also to help your system to run smoother. It's important also so you can have a positive mind with the serotonin and also for fats as well. So a good balance and finding what works for you is a very important thing with these macronutrients. There's no one way. There's over 7 billion different ways because there's 7 billion different people. I wish you a great day. Namaste.